Welcome to the CX Impact Podcast. Speed up your customer experience success. The CX Impact Podcast is brought to you by Gemseek, your trusted analytics advisor, helping you predict what your customers will do next. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the Gemseek CX Impact Podcast. My name is Ivo and I will be your host for today's session. Now data has become so important in today's business environment that there is probably no way to overstate its value. It is for a good reason that data has been called the new gold after all and the new oil. It's ubiquity and the opportunities it unlocks are tremendous. Yet, so are the challenges companies face in the process and many struggle to create and run their data engines well. After all, extending a little bit the metaphor of gold and oil, it's one thing to extract it and it's quite a different thing to put it into something that's valuable and something beautiful, if you will. Luckily for all of us, my guest today knows all about data, about the ways to transform an organization so it can make good use out of it and vice versa, how data can transform organizations. With this, I would like to extend a warm welcome to Jason Foster, CEO of Signature and CDO Hub, podcast host at Hub and Spoken, author of Data Means Business and many, many other things. Welcome, Jason. It's great to have you with us today. Brilliant to be here. Thank you very much for having me, Ivo. Jason, I've had the chance to talk to you a couple of times already, but for those of you who haven't had the opportunity to meet you, would you please introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, of course. You did it good justice with what you said, but to embellish a little bit, yeah, so Jason Foster, I I founded and uh, run Synergeur. We're a data and analytics strategy company, um, and we help organizations to develop the craft of using data to deliver business improvement, business benefit, operational or strategic. I also run a global senior data leaders members club called the CDO Hub, which is about leveling up what good data leadership looks like and setting the standard for role of the modern chief data officer. I also uh, host a podcast. So being on the other side of the mic today, I host a podcast called Hub and Spoken. We've done about 170 episodes, something like that at time of recording this and we uh, i give some of my own insights my own best practice i also interview technology business and data leaders to really get under the cover of the topic of data and the data industry uh, and yeah as you said i um i wrote a book called data means business and and the idea of that book was to make the topic of data to those not in data consumable and really show and pivot the conversation to be about the mindset the approaches the business outcomes that you're trying to achieve with data rather than data itself per se so so yeah that's me i'm from london in, in the uk we have business operations though in, in the netherlands in the us in england in europe a little bit in south africa a little bit in australia so we apply this thinking and this craft to lots of different organizations around the world wow that's truly amazing jason and kind of your dedication because i know that for more than 20 years now i think you've been in this domain and this kind of passion of yours it's truly amazing but the same token i've been thinking you know if there is kind of a company such as Synergy and people like you writing books about data strategy and advising company about data strategy, then for me, it seems that there must be a demand for that, obviously. I mean, you run a successful business, but where is this demand coming from? What do companies need? Where does kind of need for someone to advise companies on, on their data strategy comes from? What's the challenge in that? And that was a lot of questions that I asked you here, but <laughs> no, no, it's it's I understand it. It's it's interesting because as you said, in this field for a long time, so my background has always been kind of data and analytics and insight, and always with the lens of helping organisations to understand 
and execute, not just understand, but be able to deliver value from applying data to business challenges and, and how you track and measure an organization. So it's always sort of been at that strategic and leadership sort of focus. I've been in industry doing it. I've been on consulting side of doing it. I've been in a little bit of um, software sales doing it. So I've sort of been through the different angles. And over the 20 years or so, I've really seen a shift in people's understanding and appetite for for getting their hands you know wrapping their hands around their data improving their business with it getting insight improving customer experience improving their products improving their supply chains improving how they operate reducing their costs all these things that data can do or help you do or indeed make it worse if you don't do it properly so but yeah in the last you know and that's just the understanding of that and the thirst for that has gone from you know 20 years ago it was like we don't really get it now to we absolutely understand and know there's value to be gained by kind of getting hold of data and doing something useful with it and organizations are now saying well how how do i do that how do i actually you know get this stuff done what capabilities do i need why do i bother i've heard it's good but i don't really understand for my business why it's good and particularly something like you know covid and pandemic there was a real kind of drive upwards towards people going oh, I don't really understand what's happening. I don't really know what's going to happen, but I do know that I need to be able to view how the business is performing now, understand what's changing compared to what it used to look like, understand consumer behavior or customer behavior a bit more, and have that insight. I was sort of talking about it, you know, the hand, your hands at the wheel of the car it was really needed. So there's been a huge explosion in the last two, three years of people going, right, we've got to sort this out. We need visibility and visibility is data. And that's where some not necessarily just demand for us, but just generally the need and the desire for organizations to sort of sort this out. When they start doing that, because the demand is one thing, I mean, it's it's like probably if I give a reference to our personal lives, you know, we, we want to be happier, we want to be healthy and stuff like that. But then the question becomes, you yeah. know, how, how do you do that? And what what are kind of the challenges that companies face in this process? Is it that, that they don't have enough data or is it more these days about, you know, how do I use that? The majority of organizations have more than enough data. It's the, the having the data isn't the problem. Um, what tends to be the problem is the, the data being looked after, managed, sorted, tracked, tagged in ways that mean it's supporting the operations of the business properly. Then to the point you made, knowing what, what it can do, knowing the power of it in terms of using it for insight to understand what's going on or help you predict what might happen going forward. So, So the challenge is really the clarity about how you solve those problems. How do you solve the problem of making sure we've got well-managed, well-trusted, good quality data in the business flowing around the systems, flowing around processes, flowing between people? Because that actually really drives the operations of the organization. And then how do we harness all of that good data and then understand what that data is telling us to then apply it to business challenges, whether we're you know, launching a new product or they're going into a new market, whether you're trying to improve customer acquisition, whether you're trying to improve the customer journey, the buying habits of somebody, you know, whatever it might be, and knowing what to do and why to do it. Like what's the size of that prize is something that people really struggle with. Like if we invest this money in sorting data, what kind of value will it return to us? Not always easy, but when we talk to organizations about their data strategy, often it's the bit that's missed is what value are you trying to achieve by doing this? What opportunity is there by fixing these problems rather than fixing the problems for the sake of it?
I can completely relate to that because obviously we are, we also have kind of we've been challenged by our clients and challenged in a very good way. You know how how do we prove the value of that? And I often think that you know data at the end of the day is pieces of knowledge. And how do you value knowledge? You know how do I value a book that I read or how do I value knowing this this specific insight? At the end of the day, it's also about kind of connecting things, and it's it's very difficult to sometimes pinpoint on this specific insight brought us like five million or ten million. Oftentimes, it, I think it's it, it's about kind of the accumulation of these insights yeah. and getting this better understanding. Yeah, that w- one metric or one insight on its own isn't necessarily going to deliver all the value or tell you the whole picture. Yeah. Um, it's like you mentioned this earlier in personal life. So the sort of analogy I, I think here is if you're trying to improve your health, you don't just look at the scales to see how heavy you are. Or you don't just look at how much you can do, you know, bicep curls. You have to look at the big picture. You have to look at, is my nutrition right? Yes, which direction is my weight going? And that might be a positive thing to be up or down. Am I improving my performance on specific exercises? I might be able to run a bit further, a bit quicker time. And it's the big picture that tells you whether you're getting more healthy. And actually things that are slightly harder to measure, but you can capture, like, how do you feel? If you feel better, that might be the only thing you care about. But things that contribute to that are much broader than that. So, yeah, it's a very similar thing in business. Like one metric, one insight doesn't necessarily tell you the whole picture, but it can directionally steer you to tell you whether you're going and heading in the right direction. Yeah, so what you're saying is this kind of more holistic, systematic approach to data within the whole organization. And here's probably also your your emphasis on the strategy for the company, I guess. You know, how do we look at the big picture, as you said? And I really liked the the concept of data flow that you mentioned while you were talking before that. So data is the lifeblood of the business. So how does does data actually flow within the business? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a kind of value chain for data from it being created to it being used for insight and value i mean this is where people get quite confused and feel it's quite technical data where it's not really so because because data is really just in inverted um, representation of what the business does and it's sort of like the thing so in part it's the thing that gets created by doing business so if you're running a website data is produced by the customer entering their customer details on a website it's then created as they track and move around the website and pick different sizes and and choose different delivery options this is all data being created as part of just running an e-com website and it's delivered to somebody's address and then you know they might have missed it then it gets returned all of this is creating data so all of that data needs to be really clean and that is flowing through the organization it's moving into the finance system so you know invoices can be raised it's going to the product management system so that product you know stock control can be updated all these things so it's moving around the business it's flowing and all of that is creating data that's where operational management of data needs to be really slick then there's the like well what does that all tell us so if we get lots of returns what does that tell us and is that because the sizing is wrong is that because you know they're putting the address the addresses are going wrong and it's not being delivered in the first place all these things are like indicators about things that are going right or wrong about our business and so it's it's really important that that flow of data is looked after it's consciously looked after and it's proactively managed some companies kind of limit people's access to data. Well, on one hand, they probably try to limit it to kind of contain it into into certain into certain people and departments. And on the other yeah. hand, they probably don't have kind of the, the the mindset that they need to share this information more broadly. Why does this happen? I wonder. I think most organizations really would like people to have access to data, but they don't have the controls in place to confidently do that. 
And in many ways, that's acceptable. But the decision is sort of contextual. So if you're a publicly traded company and profit figures impact share price, then you don't give everyone access to the latest profit figure. That's only some people should see that or at least only released once it's been released to the you know, city after your end of year report, you know. So that there's right that some data or some metrics aren't publicly available, but there's some some data. And then if you think about regulated data, so GDPR or anything in sort of financial services, for example, where it's regulated, it might be illegal um, or certainly can get you fines if you people have wrong access to the wrong data. So in some ways, that's why control is good, regulation and for commercial sensitivity and things like that. But then the other end of the spectrum is where it, you know, aggregated data that helps tell a story. You know, in a marketing team, you want them to have good understanding of consumer behavior. We want them to be able to try to bring in weather data into the system and see what impact that has on people's propensity to buy and things like that. So on the other hand, you want to have quite open, flexible, agile access to data. But it depends on the use case. It depends on the individual. It depends on the industry. But the important bit is knowing which of those you are, knowing what the use case is, knowing whether it's sensitive or not, knowing whether it's impacted by regulation or not, and then putting a data management sort of process and controls, positive controls in place to make sure, you know, you stay on the the right side of what you want. But there's a kind of like cultural thing here. I mean, I'm, I'm a very big proponent of open access to data internally. I think you know, people worry about, oh, what if you make the wrong decision when we give them the data? It's like, well, people are making wrong decisions all the time without data. So you know, <laughs> let's give them a chance at least. That's my, that's my thinking on that one. Jason, who manages that process within organizations? So who's responsible to keep the flow kind of going and for data to reach the right people? That's probably a stupid question because I know that there's probably a ton of people involved in that. But still, how have you seen this developing in time? No, it's not a stupid question, actually, but it isn't one where there's a, there's a specific answer because there's a kind of what should it be? And then there's also what, how do people do it now? And there's no single right answer. But organizations are looking to more and more now a kind of senior data leader. And often this is at the kind of board level, not everywhere, but in some places, sort of the chief data officer role responsible for the strategy for getting value from data, which encompasses the kind of responsibility for ensuring good data management, we call it, but good data management within an organization that makes sure you've got well-trusted, good flow of data around the business and that people are well-educated in terms of how to use it. There is a bit of an overlap question, though, with this one, which is where does the responsibility start and stop between that and the people that look after the systems themselves and the platforms and the IT and the infrastructure because potentially you're in danger of giving all system landscape to the chief data officer when actually their responsibility is around the thing that flows through it rather than the system itself. What you're saying is that you have observed really kind of this advent of the chief data officer, right? More and more companies relying on on a chief data officer to manage that for them. Yeah, whether it's the chief data officer or, you know, some kind of director of or VP of or head of data or analytics or insight. But yeah, a senior person responsible for the strategy for management and use of data. Yeah, more, more and more companies are turning to that. And it's a really positive move because otherwise it can get left either unmanaged or sort of, I suppose, at best or at worst you know, not getting the value that you, you can get out of it. So yeah, it's someone responsible for making sure that the organization is really good at using data and getting good value from it. Jason, I know it's your business and I don't want to ask you for a free advice, but I'm going to do it actually, because I feel that it's going to be 
difficult for you to say no while we're in the in this session. But what is kind of the advice that you give when you work with kind of CDOs or heads of data or people like that? Maybe just give me like a couple of things that you typically observe that they need. Well, there's their responsibility is shaping and delivering a data strategy and data strategy has a few different facets to it all of which are important and of equal importance actually to make sure that they can do their job or that they do their job and that the business can get the value so um, there's one which is understanding the value opportunity so how big is the problem or how big is the prize and and what use cases um, there are for uh, within the organization for applying data and this is all about linking what you do to the business operations and the business strategy so it's quite sort of nice to link those things together so there's that kind of like where are we going why are we going there and how much value can it deliver and that sets the kind of direction then there's a whole bunch of capabilities they need to build they've got different roles responsibilities and skills that they need to have in place to understand data measure build systems govern data all these good things there's building the culture of the organization to a point where there is a culture of making decisions with data rather than gut feel. And then there's the kind of how do you organize all of the people who are responsible for data within the organization, either kind of centrally or distributed across the organization. Then there's how do people work? How does like the, I call it the operating model. So how do we go from, you know, business idea to data product to value and insight? And what's that flow? What's the prioritization? How do we move quickly? How do we remain agile how do we adapt how do we react to that kind of operating model piece and how do we fund everything then there's data management as we've talked about there so the responsibility that we talked about around building trust in data and making sure it flows through the organization well and is of good quality then we get to kind of technology and and the architecture so what data technology do we need to manage data harness it analyze it visualize it and how do we knit all of that technology together and those things are kind of, if you like, the capabilities needed within the organization to deliver the value that we've articulated. And then they need to build, and I always talk about them needing to build a roadmap for how we do all these things, because that's a lot to do and can take time. So we need to put that in a plan and align it to the kind of the horizon of the business strategy. So it's nicely linked back to what the organization is trying to achieve as a whole. To your question about what's the advice, my advice is make sure you've got all of those things clear about what you're going to do with all of them and what the plan is and what the value is because that's the thing that's going to get you sort of budget signed off and and approval and progress and pace. Tell me a little bit about the cultural change. I think this seems kind of critical for me because you can have all of these things planned and laid out and all that and then then you need to do a lot, a lot of conversations and kind of convince people to use the data and to give you the data and all of that. How do you build a company that uses data? It's an interesting one because culture is both a very, very kind of grand thing. It's a very big thing. It's it's hard to touch and feel really. So it's ma- it's massive and, and it's hard to change. That's that's sort of the big sort of macro problem. But actually kind of micro level culture is changed by activities and things and people doing things right so if you want a culture of collaboration you don't get it by saying it you get it by doing it and how do you do it well you you put in meetings you put in workshops you you sit teams next to each other you go out for meals you go out for drinks you know what i mean you you put things really specific things in place to drive the culture that you want and it's so it's the same with this um what the culture that we're looking for is a culture where decisions are made 
with a good decision framework. So a good approach to how to make a decision. Uh, that's one thing. And then the second thing is that you use data within that process rather than, you know, either guessing or using what, you know, looking at what you did last year and doubling it or halving it, whatever the, you know, whatever the process is for making the decision, but using data to help inform that. That's the culture you're looking for. And that requires, again, lots of specific things. You've got to train people how to do that and educate the industry. We call it data literacy, helping to develop the data, the literacy of the organization top down and bottom up. So at a senior board level sort of what the data mean how do we make sure we make decisions how do we role model what that looks like to the rest of the organization all the way through to you know, individuals on the front line about how they can use insight to help improve their day-to-day -day operation and their day-to-day -day life um, and everything in between so it's kind of like a training and education piece there's knowledge share across the organization so making sure your collaboration actually i mentioned it is a big important component here so you're looking at ways of guiding the organization to help it make decisions with data you know another really good way for that cultural change is, is by showing people show them but by applying some data to a business problem it improved something or it didn't or it got it worse but at least you know demonstrate how data was used in a in a situation and then you start to you do the more and more you do of that you start to go from kind of a stick where you're beating people to say you must do this to a carrot and people are saying can you come and help me do this so you're looking at all those little sort of small things that you can do that build up to create the culture that you're after. The power of small wins, you can't beat that, I think, you know, yeah. early wins, yes. Quick wins, early wins, small wins, yeah, all, all adds up and, and uh, people get very, not scared's the wrong word, but anxious about change particularly, but culture change because it sounds so grand and, and culture can be hard to shift, but it's really bottom up things that really, really make it happen and make it stick. Just when we talk about data, by the way, are we talking only about kind of this kind of big data, quantitative data, or also, as one author was putting it, kind of this the power of small data as well, the more anecdotal, if you will, but kind of richer in depth in a lot of ways. I don't really differentiate from a which is better or which do we mean. It's more I look at this the other way. So, which is we have a business challenge, let's say customer retention that we want to try and improve, i.e. retain more customers because we're losing them. And then we need to apply, we want to use data to help us make that decision. And that might be through quantitative data, you know, about how people shop and what they buy and where they go and how, how often they browse and all these good things, which is data points. But we also might use qualitative data where we talk to people and ask people, you know, what's making them stick around? Why would they do, they do it? The NPS, you know, what's their NPS? And some of the feedback they give. So it's just looking at what data do we need, qualitative, quantitative, big, small, lots or little, and crafting the right set of data and deriving the right insight to help us understand, in this case, the problem of retention, and then making sure we've got a feedback loop so that we can track if we adjust something to try and improve retention, that we can track whether it's worked. And, and to the thing that we mentioned right at the start, that's how we measure how powerful data is, that we're getting business benefit when we apply it to a problem. Jason, you mentioned a couple of times, I think, what it's like making sense out of data and kind of building a story and stuff like that. How important is storytelling in this business? Well, there's a few lenses on that, actually. One is that the early days of applying data to their business, storytelling for the sort of data function and, and the people responsible is really important to sort of start getting buy-in, win hearts of minds, educate the organization. I think it's a really good leadership and sort of influencing skill 
anyway storytelling then at the sort of the other end with, with sort of data storytelling or storytelling with data becomes really important because just showing people table of numbers or even graphs just some raw graphs without commentary doesn't necessarily land even if it has some really important insight in there so the power of storytelling when you wrap that around data is to say we've got this problem back to my example of customer retention tell a story around what the problem is show that through data show that through smart visualizations and paint the picture that shows why this is bad for our organization and what improving it might do so the kind of storytelling element is, is about helping people who aren't necessarily experts at understanding graphs and reports, but people are experts at understanding stories. It's a trick, if you like, of helping to make sure people get the joke, they get the story, they get and understand what you're trying to say. So in that case, if data is gold, then maybe you don't, people don't need actually gold, but they need a golden ring. And then when they see a ring, they immediately kind of can build a story around that. You know? Exactly. Yeah, it makes it contextual. It puts it into into perspective. We got this through COVID. Again, it's, a, it's, a, it's been a good example of good and bad of using data, actually. But, but governments use it to tell the story, tell the story of how bad it is, tell the story of how much better it's got, tell the story that they want people to get vaccinated. They didn't just show data. They, sh they showed data in context of the current challenge, the current problem, the message that they want to deliver and to simplify it for almost to the lowest common denominator, which is most people don't really get it. So how, how do they tell a story with data that resonates with people? Jason, one last question for me. Where is this industry headed? What's the future of data management, if you will? Or what are the companies that are doing it very well right now, doing better than the others? Yeah. How do you see the future un unfolding? I mean, the, the ones that do well are the ones that focus on using data for a purpose and not just sort of putting data together for the sake of it. So aligning it to value, aligning it to business outcomes and the invest the pace the organization can kind of handle, if you like. So not investing too much too quickly and taking ages to deliver value, but but almost incrementally and iteratively delivering value and then building credibility to invest more. So the ones that are doing well, I think, do that. They focus on value and they do it at the pace the organization can cope with. In terms of the future, I guess, you know, we haven't really touched on kind of more advanced end of, of using data, which is at the kind of like machine learning, artificial intelligence end of the spectrum. And that's where it's heading. And last week, the OpenAI launched their, their updated um, chat uh, natural language processing platform chat yes. gpt is sort of just a bit of fun at the moment and it's a very early stage beta really but it's showing the power of how ai can really be used by you know everyday people and everyone in business for ways that people probably had never really even comprehended so i think that the sort of the future is wrapped in sort of using ai a kind of micro level within all decision making sitting alongside human decision but really helping to sort of give it firepower the watch out for me and the guardrails that we need is that we keep a lid on that and we don't craft a future that we don't want we put it alongside future that we want and that we focus it on the biggest challenges because this should be about sustainable future and building a better place for us all to live rather than helping us maybe buy more of the right jeans and clothes that we want you know we've got some bigger problems to solve with it so that's where i think it's heading Fair enough, and that's that's a very good way to position Jason. I hope that more and more people will kind of adopt this philosophy, if you will. I'm also very interested in artificial intelligence and using data to predict what people are going to do next. But yeah. yes, it, one guy would put it, if it can't be used to do bad, it's not a superpower. I mean, in that sense, I think AI is a superpower because it can be used to do a lot of 
a lot of bad things as well. Jason, I think 35 minutes is quite enough. Do you want to add anything at the end or? No, no, only to say um, thanks loads for, for having me. And I'm not quite sure where your audience is, but certainly for those in the Netherlands and particularly Amsterdam, where I was, where I met you quite recently, I've always such a brilliant place and a vibrant place. And I think the culture really suits a kind of an agile, forward-looking, value-focused approach to data. And, and there's, there's the same in many other countries as well. It's been a pleasure to be on the show. Appreciate you uh, inviting me on to, to chat to you. Thank you so much, Jason. It's, it's been a real pleasure. And I hope that the audience has already learned a lot from you and maybe got inspired to do more, if, if you will, because I think it's oftentimes these things are about inspiring, you know, to, to, to go next day to your job and initiate something. It might be a small data initiative. It might be whatever, you know, as you said, a workshop, exploring these things. I think it's it, if we've managed to do that, I think we, we've managed to do a lot. <laughs> I'm with you 100% Evo. Thank you. If you liked this episode, hit follow and visit gemseek.com to learn more. Let's make an impact on the world of CX together. Thank you for listening. 